This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, Jesse and I are going to tackle the topic of control freakness. I don't know, Jesse, there's not like a way to, I was going to call it confessions of a control freak. And so we're going to share things that we are learning in real time, real life about how we struggle mm-hmm. to control things in our life and what God's teaching us. But before we get to that, We've got quite a different number of things we want to tackle today. First off, we had some updates with Champ that that kind of actually is going to lend itself to this topic that we're talking about, but he got hearing aids, which is very exciting and... Exciting is a good way to put it. It's We've never dealt with audiology issues Mm -hmm. with any of our kids, and so this is a whole new road for us. We're learning a lot. And I also am figuring out why they don't typically give little babies hearing aids. He is technically around eight months old, although he was born prematurely. So there's some adjusted age things. And so he is still learning how to set up because he has some muscle issues and stuff. And so he cannot set up for very long. So he basically rolls around and kind of does this scoop crawl thing, kind of an army crawl. Mm-hmm. So he's down low on the ground and rolling around constantly. He's very busy and very fast. And so when you put the hearing aids in his ears, because he's not upright, because he's not walking or sitting, they're constantly getting knocked 
And then they're getting knocked, and then also the feedback as well, because you're constantly hearing the high pitched squeal. I can only imagine what it sounds like in his ears. Because we've learned when hearing aids are close to something, so it be be at the ground or their car seat or they're and laying next to you, anything it causes the feedback to happen. So we're just learning a lot and still figuring out how to get him to keep them in his ear. We ordered a band off of Etsy that we're hoping is going to help. And then he also has perfected the move of pulling them out of his ear really quickly and putting them straight into his mouth. Which so quick. It's like one smooth move. And he always does it. You know, you, you keep, you have to have your eyes on him pretty much all the time when he has his hearing aids in. So you turn your back for just a second. And in that split second time, he's just ripped it out of his ear and put it in his mouth. Yeah, so that's something that we're learning. And then also a big update with him is that he um, recently, we mentioned that he's moving more toward reunification with his mom, which has been the goal since the time that he came into our home. And um, the judge recently awarded her three in-home visits per week. So we're gradually moving in that direction. And he had his very first all day in-home visit yesterday and he did really, really well. And she had the best time with him. We were so grateful because he's actually teething right now. Mm-hmm. Not always mm-hmm. in the best of spirits. We're glad he was in good spirits yesterday because today he's not. No. So. so she got him on a good day, which we were grateful for her first day to have him all day. We also are headed to Gatlinburg this weekend, which Jesse. I don't believe that we've... Have you been to Gatlinburg? I think we've driven through it. Uh, when you guys were in Knoxville, I think me and the kids uh, drove through Gatlinburg. But, and it was after the times of the fires, I think, a few years ago. But as far as going any place, I don't think we've actually stayed there and visited Gatlinburg. So we're really excited because we've heard so much about it. This is, I would assume, sort of the off-season and not the best time to go, but I'm hoping that that will mean that there aren't as many crowds and as much traffic. We are meeting all, almost all of my extended family. One of um, my brother and sister-in-law couldn't come because they recently had a baby, but the rest of them are coming and we are all going to just, my dad's renting a big house and we are all going to just stay there for a few days. So we're very excited and hoping also to get to explore Gatlinburg just a little bit as well. So we'll probably have a report on that next episode. We also did something we'd never done before, Jesse, and that was we early voted. Yep. Which almost, it, it almost felt wrong. Like I like yeah. to vote on the actual election day, but Champ has court that day and we keep hearing about people waiting in line so long. I feel like it's kind of the toilet paper situation where people mm-hmm. hear their stores are wiped out of toilet paper. So they go wipe stores out of toilet paper. And so I'm wondering if on the actual day of the election, there aren't going to be as many people voting, but we went ahead and just, we're like, we want to get it done because with two babies, we and court that day, we really don't want to have to wait in line for four or five hours and somehow then miss voting. So I went and early voted and it was only 20 minutes. It didn't take very long at all. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people there though. So they've got a system in place. Yes. They had a great system, but they didn't give us an I voted sticker. So I kind of felt duped. So do you actually vote if you don't get an I voted sticker? The thing that you don't get though, is you don't get all the voting freebies on usually the day of we'll post on moneysavingmom.com. There's some great freebies that you can usually get for having that I voted sticker. So I was thinking, well, maybe I should just run by the place and be like, 
Hey guys, I promise you I already voted. Can I please just have the sticker? I just want the sticker. And do you remember two episodes ago, I talked about the no-bake peanut butter oatmeal chocolate cookies that I... The breakfast. Yes, the oatmeal and milk with a few add-ins that I've been eating for breakfast. Well, someone wrote in and they, I had said that there are, I think, some different names for these. Well, someone wrote in with a very unique name and it kind of has ruined the cookies for me. She said her brother calls them cat box cookies. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I can kind of see that, but gross. So they still taste good. They still taste good. We will not be calling them cat box cookies. What's saving your life this week, Jesse? Well, I I don't know if I've mentioned in the podcast here that I've uh, been trying to drink more water. I know that's something you've talked, I think you've talked about it, mm-hmm. but um, lately I've been using, just reusing a gallon jug and um, there's a supplement company that I visit regularly. And so I've built up some points. Well, one of the uh, things you should that, tell them what you do when you go to the supplement no, company. Yes, I, yes, yes, yes. Buy, buy supplements. They also have some ready-made meals there. I you don't there, really buy supplements. I also weigh myself. You and usually check the body fat do the so. whole. Do they still have it? I did it one time where you stand on the scale and you have to hold on to these. What's it called? Is it called a body fat measure? I mean, what's the machine called? I'm not for sure which m- machine that they have. There's there's a few of them out there. But anyway, you stand on it and you hold mm-hmm. on to these things, and then it gives you this really cool. They get, uh, there's a lot of program. measurements. Yeah, and, and, and you get this write up. Right. Well, it was it's not exactly a write up, but they, I think they text it to you if I remember correctly. They've got an you. app. They've got an app where it records it. But I've done it pretty regularly here for the last year or so, two years, and the method that they use it's it kind of you've seen the scales that they have the electrodes on it that you stand on it it kind of sends a little bit of electricity through your body and it me- and it uses the impedance to measure whatever they're measuring the water the body impedance. fat that- I just learned a new word what is impedance impedance is the resistance that something gives to the electricity is there another word that's a little bit resistance okay moving on anywho but it's allegedly not as accurate as some other methods for measuring those uh, like body fat, water, things like that. But even though it's not as accurate because I'm going to the same place, basically trying to do the same uh, under the same circumstances, whether I haven't eaten, haven't worked out yet, it's kind of a, a controlled scenario that I'm at least comparing apples to apples. So... That was a, that is a I was, long that was a tangent. very Enneagram five response from me asking about that machine. But anyway, go on. So I redeemed some points that I had built up from going there and buying supplements or, or the meals. And one thing I got was a water jug. Well, this was the second water jug actually that I've gotten from there because the first one melted in the dishwasher. So needless to say, those are not dishwasher safe because that thing collapsed on itself and nothing flat. It was actually pretty funny. I took it back and showed him and said, hey, uh, there's no, nothing on here. It says it's not dishwasher safe. And they said, hey, we'll just give you a new one. So I've been using that. It's about, about a half gallon size. So We'll try to find a link to something similar on Amazon. Does it have, I know it, so it's a half gallon, mm-hmm. but it's just cool because it has this handle. It's kind of, it's like a jug. 
It's like a milk jug, only a half gallon milk jug that's with this handle. So mm-hmm. it's very, it's just, it's fun. It's cute, but you can also, and you I think it has a pop top so you can yep. drink straight out of it. Um, or you could pour it into another um, mm-hmm. cup. But I, I think it's really, when I saw it, I was like, I kind of want one of those too. That will motivate me to drink more water. Cause I just with nursing and stuff, it's been more of a challenge. I've kind of gotten out of the habit because while I was pregnant, I tried really hard, but water always just didn't, wasn't real appetizing. And since ever since then, I've just struggled to get back to my gallon of water a day. Well, my thing that's saving my life is not so scientific and I don't have any new word to bring to you. It is Maybelline Total Temptation Eyebrow Definer. I've seen that a lot. You've seen, because you, what do you mean you've seen it a lot? Because I'm constantly getting it for you. Well, if you lived in the era, not the men that are listening, but the women who are listening, who lived in the era of overplucking of your eyebrows, you're with me in this and your eyebrows need some filling in. And I've tried a lot of different things, but the Maybelline total temptation eyebrow definer is my very, very favorite. I love because it has a pencil ish type of thing on one end, and then it has a brush on the other end. And people are constantly asking me, how do you do your eyebrows? And that is it. So it's just a cheap drugstore product, but it works really, really well. And I've tried some more expensive ones and it works a lot better than them. The only thing I'll say is that it seems like Target is always sold out of them. So I typically have to buy it on Amazon because yeah, you definitely want to have your eyebrows on. And so I always try to keep a little bit of a stock of these um, because like Jesse said, I go through them pretty quickly, but I have a lot of eyebrows to draw on because yeah, so total side tangent, but growing up, my mom never told us that she plucked her eyebrows. And so I just assumed that some people had really great eyebrows and (laughs) some people just had a unibrow. And I don't think, I think I was 19 or 20 years old before I found out. And obviously I was homeschooled to pretty lived in kind of a bubble. So I didn't know these things. We didn't have a TV and I didn't like read the girls teen magazines or something. I don't know where you'd find out beauty things then. Cause there wasn't things like TikTok and YouTube, but my mom somehow one day said something about plucking her eyebrows and I'm 19 or 20. I'm like, mom, what did you say? And then come to find out every morning, my mom plucks her eyebrows and I just thought she didn't have a unibrow and I did. <laughs> I had caterpillars basically on my forehead. And so then I got very ambitious and very ambitious. ambitious. And pretty soon I basically didn't have any eyebrows. We had like the thinnest of thin little lines of eyebrows. And so it's taken me many years to try to have more than that little thin line and still working on it. Maybe when I'm 80 years old or something, I'll actually have nice eyebrows again. Jesse, what are you reading right now? Well, I have been taking a hiatus on reading my book lately, so it allowed me to listen to a bunch of books. So I've jumped back into picking up the Brad Thor Near Dark book that I had been reading. So it's jumping in about a quarter of the way through. It's a little difficult. So sometimes just I find back that's into hard. It. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've kind of gotten into a book and then you set it aside for a long time and you're more you're far enough in that you don't want to start over from the beginning, but Mm -hmm. you're not really into it. So it's hard to get back into it. 
I have struggled with finding time to read. And I think it's somewhat of just the season of life we've been in. I feel like also the last four weeks, there's just been a lot of emotionally processing the reunification. And for me, it's just my heart has needed quiet and my brain has been going and I've just needed to take some space to process a lot. But I feel like I'm getting kind of coming up out of being submerged in that and excited about reading again. So I actually have multiple books going again and I'm actually reading them every day. But one book that I've been actually listening to and I'm about halfway through is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And the subtitle is Brave Work, Tough Conversations, Whole Hearts. If you've been following me for any length of time, you know that Brene Brown's work has deeply impacted my life. I don't agree with her on a lot of things, but she really digs in and makes me think in a way that I hadn't up until reading her work. And so this one is more for leaders. And I find it's really great because not only am I leading a company, but also leadership in other spheres of my life. And it's challenging me and just how I am interacting with people and how I can do a better job of that. And so I think if you are in any sort of leadership position, I think it could really, a lot of the things could be applicable just even with your spouse. Not that, you know, you're necessarily, I mean, I hope that you're on the same page and it's not like this hierarchy sort of thing, but I think it's just learning to communicate well with one another. Like one of the things she said is how we typically in a work situation will just say, hey, so-and-so, I need these reports by such and such, or we'll just ask for something. And she said one of the things that then, you know, moving to the next level would be saying, what does done look like? You know, what is done for you? But she said she challenges her team that they take it to another level and they say, paint done, like let's paint done. And what that means is they just take five minutes to talk through what is our end goal with this and to have everybody kind of, oh, well, but that won't work because of that. Okay. So that they can just really understand, you know, it's not just, hey, I need those reports, but here's the why. And here's the detailed of what I actually need. Sometimes you can say, hey, I need these reports. And you're not saying I need from 2005 to 2015, or or you're just assuming that someone will read your mind. I know that's my tendency to assume that someone will just read my mind and know exactly what I'm thinking. And then Mm -hmm. when the project doesn't get done, like I was expecting, it's because I didn't communicate well. And so this book is just challenging me in that regard. I will mention that in typical Brene style, there is some pretty crass language. I wouldn't say it's on every single page of the book, but it's fairly, fairly common. And obviously it's not written from a Christian perspective. So again, that was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, and we'll link to it in the show notes. All right, Jesse, confessions of a control freak or Should I say confessions of control freaks? Because I think both of us have a tendency to err on the side of wanting to control things. Is that an accurate statement? I think that's an accurate statement for the human condition, really. That's true. And some of, I think sometimes it doesn't come out so clearly as, you know, somebody wouldn't label you as a control freak, but your anger or your stress Mm -hmm. is the result of you wanting to be in control, you wanting to fix the problem 
or um, come in and have things done your way or be on your timetable. And this has really come to the surface for, for me, I know, with Champ. And just as a foster mom, we've talked about this in the past, but there's so much that we aren't in control of. We don't get to choose a lot of different things. That is chosen for us. That's told to us. And we just need to do what we're told. And yes, our job is to advocate well, but within a lot of parameters that we don't have control over. (laughs) And so I think that it's been really good for me, even though it's been so hard. I, I also am the kind of person I want to know I want to know the plan. I want to know the timetable. I want to know the schedule. I want to know all the details. Mm-hmm. And foster care, like we've talked about also, is very, there's no specific plan that is given to you most of the time. And there's no timetable that is given to you. And and there's a lot of details that aren't given to you. And you are in the dark about a lot of things. And it's been really good for me, even though it's been really hard, because It's teaching me to let go that I don't have control. Even though I think I have control, Mm. I don't have control. And so to practice it in this area is giving me more courage to practice it in other areas as well. And I think even one of the things I was talking about this on Instagram this morning, I think I came into foster care thinking it was my job to rescue Like I'm supposed to come and help these kids and I'm going to kind of rescue them from difficult situations. I wouldn't have necessarily used that wording, but I know that that mentality was in my heart. And I think that's how I approach a lot of situations. I'm kind of the rescuer, the the knight in shining armor, the problem solver, the fixer. That's who I want to be. But ultimately that's me being in control. Yeah. I think that a lot of people that go into foster care for that reason. Maybe they don't think of it in those terms of being a rescuer, but when it comes down to brass taxes, at least that that's somewhat of a motivation. And I think it's been so good for me to see my own heart and my own issues. And I feel like Champ has changed me because he's taught me so much about letting go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like realizing I was the one that needed to be rescued from my own selfishness and from my own need for approval or need to be the problem solver, need to be the one in charge. And I see how God's used him to break me in these areas and to remold me and to reshape me and to change my mind and my heart. And I don't feel like I'll ever be the same again. And it's been so good for me to just have to let go. And I feel like this is then transferring over into other areas of my life as well with our kids, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking of the future. I feel like even today, when this episode is dropping, it is the election. And there, I know on both sides, I have friends on both sides of the aisle who have a lot of fear about if a certain candidate wins, how is this going to change our life? And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear around that. And I think that at the root of some of that fear, I think there is some 
control. There's some desire to control our environment, desire to control the future. And and really it boils down to, I think, a lack of letting God be in control and trusting his control and feeling like he needs our help. And in a sense, it's like we are, we were just talking about this in the seminary class that I'm going through, partnering with God and the Holy Spirit does work through us. But if we go into life feeling like God needs my help, Mm -hmm. I think that that's devaluing the greatness and the power of God. How do you feel? Yeah. You know, you had mentioned the thing about how in our interactions with with Champ and the changes that we've seen in our own heart also can be applied to our children. You know, I was thinking the other day how I was picking him up from the visit with his mom, and she made a statement about something that he liked doing that we didn't necessarily do at our house, and uh, specifically listening to something. And I kind of felt like this control was like an influence was slipping out of my hands. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have control of what he's watching or listening to or being influenced by anymore. And so it just got me thinking, do I really, Mm -hmm. even with my own kids? And we have a very limited time in which to train and raise our children and we will be letting go of them as well. Mm-hmm. Some maybe sooner than later. And it's our responsibility not to have influence over or control, but to love well. Mm-hmm. And if we love them well, then we'll point them in the right direction. We don't have any control over whether they follow that right direction or not. So we don't bear that burden that if if they do end up choosing to do something different, that we've done something wrong. It's kind of similar to, I think you've addressed this in your book that's going to be coming out here in the future about love center parenting. And we don't need to focus on those things that are results oriented on our part, but rather just love well. Relationships versus results. Thanks for the plug for my book. You're welcome. I'll pay you later for that. (laughs) Well, and I think that so often as parents, or in any situation, but how we feel like we can control. So if our kids look good, if they look put together, if they're doing well academically, if they're making good choices, we feel like, you know, we're doing a good job. Like we're controlling the situation where we can't control what goes on in their heart. Mm-hmm. We might be able to control some of their outward circumstances, but we can't control what goes on in their heart. And honestly, what goes on in their heart is the most important. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we try to look good on the outside because we want, we care so much about what other people think, but we forget that God's the one who sees our heart. And so maybe we're acting a certain way to a certain person to try to win their approval or to, you know, have them like us. But inside, there's a lot of ugliness going on or selfish ambition or something like that. And is that really what we want? Do we care more about what's on the outside than what's on the inside? Because it's like 
you have the most beautiful, ripest, juiciest peach. And then inside it's just worm eaten or moldy or something. You know, it's like what's inside is really what matters most. And so I think for me, letting go of that control of the outward and really focusing on letting God change me inwardly and letting God do a work in my heart. And that means that outwardly, I feel like my life can look a lot less put together, a lot maybe more messy and chaotic. And I don't have as many plans and details all worked out. And sometimes it feels like I'm kind of along for the ride. Mm -hmm. But inwardly, I have so much more peace because I know God's in control. And He is the one who is controlling this. And I am just saying, okay, give me light for the next step. And we had John Eldridge on a number of episodes ago. And one thing that he talked about that I have come back to again and again and again When I start to feel that stress bubbling up in me, whether it's anger at my child for making a bad decision, whether it's fear over what is the world coming to, whether it's stress that my home isn't organized enough or that I feel like I'm failing or falling behind yet again, those are all indications to me that I'm not fully resting in the Lord. And John Eldridge talks about the one-minute pause, and he just recommended that you stop and you take deep breaths. And then you literally verbally say, I release this to you and to whatever it is, my child's choices or my messy home or whoever wins the presidency or, you know, I release this to you. Whatever it is that is clogging up my brain and causing me to feel stress to verbally release that to the Lord and saying to him, you're bigger than this. You're in control. I can trust you. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know all the details. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to go my way. I can rest and trust in you. And that's really practically helped me when I feel overcome with just things like with champ, what's the future going to hold? I don't know how much longer is he going to be in our home? I don't know when we get recently, we got a diagnosis for something that's going to impact him for months, maybe years to come. And I felt that fear rising up in me again. Oh no. What if, you know, we don't get this handled and you know, this is going to really impact him and thinking through all the things and just have to be like, I can't control this. I am going to do the best that I can. I'm going to love him well. I'm going to advocate for him. But ultimately, I have to trust and trust him to the Lord and to recognize that God loves him even more than I do. And so I can rest in that. Same thing if you're struggling in a relationship, you know, maybe a friendship that's not going the way that you had hoped to rest in God loves this person even more than I do. And I can trust him or with your children or with your spouse or wherever you are in life, recognizing that God is a big God and we can trust him and we can walk by faith, but to release it to his control 
knowing that he's going to do way better than we could ever do on our own. And it's going to relieve huge burdens off of our back to leave it in his hands. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com 